Pretty simple, isn't it? Be thankful for what you got and give from what you have that others might be blessed. Amen. We're going to talk about that a little bit here today. We try to teach on this at least once a year or every other week. No, I'm kidding. We hardly ever teach on giving, but we want to do it here today. And I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If you're a guest, if you will be able to grasp and get a hold of what the Lord wants to say to us in this place here this morning, it will be a blessing to you and your family. No matter where you go, God will be able to just bless you and bless your family in so many ways and facets, not just financially, but in the health of your body. And in your children, your marriage, if you're single, in your ministries, in your relationships, etc. The Lord wants to be a part of everything. Amen? We're so thankful for everybody that has come here today. God bless you. And it's our prayer that you've already been blessed with the music that, has, that is so anointed. And we look forward to what God is going to do right here in this altar in just a few minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're just going to read... Uh, verse number one, because I'm going to walk through these verses uh, here that Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And uh, so let's just read verse one, and then we're going to pray and just ask God, touch our hearts and touch our minds today. And we want to be blessed. Tell your neighbor, I want to be blessed. Ask somebody, you want to be blessed? Amen. Well, the Lord's going to talk to us about it today. Second Corinthians 9 and 1, for as touching the ministry to the saints. Paul the Apostle says it is superfluous, which basically what, this, what he's saying here is that I really don't need to write this to you because you have proven by your actions that you understand and have the revelation of ministering to the body of Christ. And Paul, we'll see here, this is through uh, giving of our, uh, of our finances and what he's talking about uh, right here. And pastor feels the same way to this congregation. You are sacrificial. You are giving. I love the fact that when I teach on giving, I'm able to do it in a sense of how it blesses us, why we should do it, and what it means to us as a saint of God, and, and not out of the urgency of trying to get you to do it. But you are so sacrificial. We build churches around the world. We build schools around the world. Uh, we have uh, blessed uh, many different uh, places here, uh, and we have also just uh, took care of homes in the Bahamas after this uh, accident. We took care of places in Puerto Rico when I said accident, the hurricane, when the hurricane came through Puerto Rico as well. And you give and give and give and give, and you're faithful in your tithe and your offering. And so we just want to we want to hear from Paul the apostle. Uh, and what I'm going to title this today is the position of giving. Everybody say the position. Or say the attitude. I don't want to just give. I want to give right. Amen. I want, I want it to be right in the heart. Because the Lord looks at that. 
Amen. Father, we just pray that you bless us today, that you speak to us, touch us with your power, your word, your anointing. God, I'm asking for blessings upon every family that's in this building here today. And Lord, as this word goes forth, Lord, let it saturate our hearts and our minds and our spirits as we hear the teaching of the word of God. And let us get a hold of what it is that you're trying to say. Let it take root in our lives. And when we leave here today, God, let us begin to practice it because God when we practice your word uh, the results of that word is going to come into our life and our families and our loved ones and I'm just praying it and speaking it in the mighty name of Jesus everybody say amen turn to two or three people and tell them I speak a blessing into your life Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. You know, the beautiful, one of the beautiful things about God's kingdom and the way God uh, handles this area of, of giving and tithe and offering and blessing is that everybody here today is equal in the eyes of God. Whether you're able to give a large sum of money or whether it's just a little bit of money, you are equal in the eyes of God because it's never about the amount. Say it's never about the amount. It, it is about the percentage, right? The Lord says tithing is 10% and then offering is given for uh, different, you know, reasons. We take an auditorium offering, which helps pay for the rental. We have a, a sacrificial uh, sanctuary pledge that you do so great at. And uh, we're seeing so much being saved. And, and then we have PIMs, Partners and Missions, that you give to. And, and we have over 100 missionaries around the world. And we've got churches in other countries around the world and third world countries that are that are named after the sanctuary uh, of the Pentecostals because you built them and children and, and parents are able to have church inside of a building instead of under a tree somewheres uh, out in the heat or or out in the rain you did that come on you did that through your giving and your blessing and Paul is dealing with the same thing here when he's talking to the church of Corinth and because they were uh, in, in the past had been such a church that uh, had had given so much. And I think one of the things that I like also about Paul uh, speaking to the church of Corinth is that when you read other places in the book of Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, we find out that the Corinthian church was not a perfect church. They uh, Paul deals with a lot of issues with the Corinthian church. They had a, a lot of carnality and a lot of sin and a lot of failures and Paul had to write to them and talk about these issues but but they were a church they were a people that believed in ministering to the saints and ministering to the body of Christ and uh, we fit so well here we're not perfect tell your neighbor you're not perfect tell them I know you I know you, and you're not perfect, but God's blessings are on you, and God's hand is on you, and you have been saved by His blood. You've been redeemed and set Lord, no, we're not perfect, but that perfect God, uh, He smiles upon us. Uh, and even though I'm not perfect, if I can line up with His Word, uh, the blessings of the Word of God uh, are going to come upon me anyway. 
Oh, clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. So Paul says it's superfluous for me to write unto you or, or there really isn't uh, any need for me to do this. And he sort of explains that in the next verse. He says, for I know the forwardness of your mind or I know your mindset. I know how you think for which I boast. Paul goes on to say, I boast boast about you and I boast to you to the church of Macedonia. Now the beautiful thing is when you go and read uh, Paul's addressing uh, uh, I believe it was to Galatians when uh, not Galatians it was um, uh, it was Ephesians I believe when he talked about the church there in Macedonia he talks about them that even though they were in poverty and they were poor they had given abundantly they had sacrificed and so where did they get that Paul had gone to them and he had bragged uh, to them about the church of Corinth sort of like your pastor does everywhere as he go I want to tell you I pastor the greatest church on the planet I don't care what anybody says you're the greatest people on the planet and everybody that comes through here and, and, and gets an gets a, a experience of the power of God that rests in this place, they go out and they talk about His glory and they talk about uh, His power. Paul says, I boast about you, church of Corinth, to the church of Macedonia, that Achaia uh, was uh, ready uh, about a year ago. And he said, I talked about your, uh, your zeal. And he said, this, this zeal that I talked about, uh, it provoked many to, to do better and to, and, and, and to give better. He said, I know the forwardness of your mind, your predisposition, your mindset, uh, and how you think, the foundation uh, upon which you give. And he said, your zeal, oh, ha, your zeal has provoked many. And then he goes on in verse number three. He says, uh, yet have I sent the brothers, uh, least our boasting of you should be in vain. Now, I, I thought this was kind of curious of Paul the Apostle, but when you understand human nature, Paul, having, uh, having gone out to other places and bragging on the church of Corinth and how much they give and how sacrificial they are, and then Paul says, look, I've got some elders coming from Macedonia, and uh, we're coming to Corinth to, uh, to collect the gift that you have put together for the brethren and he said I have sent some men ahead to make sure that you actually did what you said you were going to do so even though he was talking to the church of Corinth who are givers and the church of Corinth who had a history of being faithful and sacrificial, Paul the apostle said, you have made a pledge. You said you're going to do such and such. So I'm sending somebody ahead of me before I come with the elders of Macedonia. I'm going to send them to you and I'm going to make sure that uh, you have collected this. Now, he talks about that a little bit more in verse 4. Why, why is he doing doing this let's happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared uh, uh, and we that say not you should be ashamed in the same confidence of boasting 
Paul the Apostle saying to Macedonia, I don't want to show it all the dignitaries. And, uh, and you don't have what you said you were going to have. And the very thing that should have, that we were boasting about concerning you is going to uh, become your shame. And he said, I, I don't want that to happen. And so I'm sending someone before me to go and make sure that you have collected. Another thing that he talks about uh, here, I believe it is in verse 5. He says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brothers that they would go before to you and make beforehand your bounty or your giving, your gift, whereof that ye have noticed before that the same might be ready, watch this now, as a manner of bounty or a gift and not as covetousness or having to be taken. Paul said when we show up there, I don't want it to look like I'm having to come to take this from you. I want them to know and see and understand that you've done this out of your heart. This is something you, you, you've done from your heart, your spirit, your mind. And, and you love to do it. And you're a cheerful giver. And you're doing it out of the abundance of your heart. Paul said that's the reputation that you have. This is the reason why it's important of the position of our giving. When we come together and, and offerings being taken and tithe and offering. And we know how the world has, has uh, discredited that. And, and preachers have stolen money. Congregations have done things that are, that are wrong with money and bad reputations out there. And the world and the media has come against it and all of these things. But it's still God's way. And when a guest, when, listen, when a guest comes to the house of God and we're receiving our gifts and our offerings and our tithe and our pledges, it ought to, there ought to be an excitement in the house of God. There ought to be a joy in the house of God. Why? Because Paul said, it doesn't need to look like it's being taken from you. It doesn't need to appear that you have to do it. You're being made to do it. He said, oh no, you ought to come prepared to God's house. You ought to come ready to give and to bless. And when the offerings take, you're excited about it. You're thrilled about it. And everybody else kind of looks around and they go, man, these people are crazy. They're actually excited about giving. Are they insane? No, not when you understand the blessings of God that come into your life when you're faithful. Clap your hands to the Lord. One more time, will you praise Him? Praise Him. He said, I'm, I'm sending them to you because I, I want to make sure, thank you, I want to make sure that when we get there, everything's in order. And you're able to come out and present your gift unto the brethren rather than us come in and have to, you know, go in the houses and shake the baskets. Paul said, this is, this is the position it is the forwardness of your mind. It is the mindset that we should have when we come to God's house. That I have been blessed by God. God has cared for me. He has taken care of me. He has provided for me. And I'm going to be faithful. 
to the house of God. Why? Because there's others out there who don't understand this. And we need to be able to bless them. We need to be able to reach them. We need to be able to touch them. United Pentecostal Church here in West Palm Beach, the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches, we have pledged to over 102 missionaries around the world. I don't want to have to pick up that phone and say, I'm sorry, but I can't send the money. It just didn't come in. No, I don't want to be made ashamed of a promise that should be a blessing. This is why we must stay faithful. When we make a pledge, we've got to stay faithful everybody everybody else the brethren the missionaries everybody out there they're, they're leaning on that they're depending on that somebody shout yes shout hallelujah shout hallelujah tell your neighbor you're blessed tell him you're blessed Paul was not writing Verse number 6, in rebuke to the church of Corinth, it was a praise to them. He was letting them know how blessed they were going to be of God. He was letting them know the reason why you are so blessed is that you did not so sparingly. He says to them, he was so sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. Now there's something you need to understand about that verse. Because our carnal minds that have been polluted and corrupted by the world, when we see so sparingly, we think in our mind, little amount. That is not what that means at all. Remember the lady that came with the two mites, put it in the basket. It was less than two pennies in our value today. But Jesus said she gave more than the wealthy men that had come before her and just poured their gold and their silver into the basket. How is that possible? Because it's a mindset. It's a heart condition. Jesus was saying, those men gave so little, so tiny compared to what they really had. But when that widow came with two mites, she gave everything she had. There was nothing left. When Paul the Apostle here says, those that sow sparingly shall reap sparingly, he is not talking about the amount. He is talking about the ability that according to how God has blessed you, what are you willing to give back into the kingdom of God? And if you're over there and God's given you all of this, but all you're willing to do is take that little tiny corner and put it in the basket, it may be more than anybody else gives. But I'm telling you, God is not looking at what's in the basket. He's looking at what's in your hand. It's the same as forgiveness. It's the reason why that king was so upset. When he had forgiven that 
individual of 10,000 talents, millions and millions and millions of dollars, he forgave him of that debt. And that same man went out and he found another man that only owed him a couple hundred bucks and he, and he wouldn't forgive him of the debt. The king found out about it. The king brought him back in and he said, I'm going to restore your debt to you and I'm going to cast you into prison. You know what upset the king so much? was because... The man that he loaned the money to, that's where that man got the money to loan it to the other man. Yet he would not forgive that man when he was forgiven. He would not forgive that man of, of, of this when he had been forgiven of this. And the Lord said, no, I don't think so. And so God is looking at me and you and he's saying everything you have, everything you own, everything in your possession... I blessed you with that. I gave that to you. And all I asked back of my abundance of love and blessings upon you is that you pay your tithe and you give a few offerings, everything else, build your house, drive your car, eat your food. It's all right. Wear your clothes. I love you. I want to bless you. I want to help you. But be obedient that I might bless others. Come on, let's love him. Hallelujah. It's how the church is able to bless people around the world. Bless ministry when they come. Everybody say revival. We're going to be having a revival with Brother... Victor Jackson. Come on. Those of y'all didn't clap because you hadn't heard him preach. It's phenomenal. Preached at General Conference. General Conference, that's tiny today. He preached at Youth Congress. 40,000 kids gathered into an auditorium. He's one of the greatest anointed preachers we have and he's young but his entire income comes from what the church is able to give him when he's there my wife and I evangelized for five years four years together I did five some sometimes we would go to places and uh, and sometimes they were they were unable and could only give a little no problem we understood sometimes we went to places when we knew they could give a lot, but they still just gave a little. And when they give a little, that means me and my children eat little. It's beans this week, guys. No, I'm sorry. It's just rice. We're out of beans. And uh, whatever. But then there's, there's, I'll never forget Brother Etheridge. He's going home to be with the Lord. But I had never seen this in my life. I was evangelizing for him. The offering came in. It wasn't a big church. They ran a little over 100 people, I guess. All the monies for the week, all the tithing, not the offering. The offerings for the building, the lights, the other thing. But, but the, uh, you know, the tithing came in. And he, he took that tithing. This is his livelihood. This is what his family eats on. This is what he pays his house note with. This is what all of his expenses, this little bit of money. And I watched him divide that tithing in half. I didn't know what he was doing. And then he said, son, this is all I have. This is your pay for this week. And I'd never seen anything like that. And I just started weeping. 
I said, Brother Etheridge, I can't take that. That's your, that's your livelihood. He said, oh, you blessed the church this week, son. He said, this is the only way I can do it. And then so, what am I saying? You go to some places and, and they overwhelmingly bless. I want to tell you that the sanctuary of the Pentecost is one of those churches that are known around the country. That evangelists will tell you that we bless them nearly more than any other church. Even the larger churches. The larger ones. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because I have taught you how to give seed into a ministry. And so pastor's going to pay them whatever pastor's going to pay them. But you know every dime that goes into that basket is going to go to that man and his family. And because he's preaching and he's blessing you, you give a little. And at the end of the week, I add all that up. And I'm able to pay him three times, four times, sometimes five times more than I will ever have been able to pay him. Why? Because you give and you sacrifice. And it's why we're blessed. We are a blessed church. You say, Pastor, if we're so blessed, why are we still in a school? Are you kidding me? This is just a building. That's not what I'm talking about. You ought to go visit some of those other churches. They're like ice cream parlors. They're just dead polar bears. They're just so frozen. You might. You walk into this place, it's red hot. The fire of God is throughout the building. The Holy Ghost falls. Miracles take place. The wonders of God are expressed. We are blessed. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. We are blessed. I remember back on Forest Hill, we had just started this seed thing, and uh, a preacher came through. He was a pastor, and I'm not going to name him for because we're being videoed. But and uh, him and his wife was with us, and he had uh, I think a couple of daughters and a son, and the boy had been born with spithmanoff, yeah. Yeah, spinal menibifia. And so he was in his little wheelchair. We didn't know this. I didn't know this. You didn't know this. It was a Wednesday night. I was going to bless him a little extra uh, just because uh, he had drove a ways to come. And, and so, but it, it wasn't a lot. It was, I don't know, maybe three, four, five hundred dollars $500. It was on a Wednesday night. I was going to write him a check, and that's what I was going to send him home with. What you and me didn't know is he had just found out the day before that his son had to have an emergency surgery. And the copay was $5,000. And the doctor said, the hospital, we cannot perform this surgery until the copay is met. And so him and his wife was figuring out how, were they going to sell a car? Were they going to try to go get a loan? What were they going to do? Wednesday night, there wasn't but a handful of people in. There was just a few of y'all out there, out here in this old middle section. And he began to preach, and y'all came up, and you started putting money into that basket. And I am standing before you as a man of God that never, never before then and never after again, $5,000 was in that basket. Woo! 
used you to bless the brethren. He used this church. It's never happened again, much to my sadness. I'm just kidding. But it happened that Wednesday. Because you got a mindset. You have a forwardness in your mind that says, I will bless the ministry. I will bless the brethren. I will bless the sisters. I will pay my tithe. I will give my offering. I will support missionaries. How are you going to do it? You don't have enough money to do all of that, but you do it anyway. And somehow the bills are paid. At the end of the month, there's food in the cupboard. God is blessing. A check comes in the mail. A raise comes from the boss. Oh, some money comes from a relative. Whatever it takes, you will never beg for bread. You will never beg for bread so Paul says those that sow sparingly shall reap sparingly but he wasn't talking about the amount he was talking about the ability and then he goes on to say and those who sow bountifully shall reap bountifully what is he saying there he means here is your ability but you go beyond your ability when you read the story about Macedonia that's what Paul talks about he said I looked at what you had but you gave beyond your power you gave beyond your ability you went beyond what you were capable of doing and he said because of that the blessings of the Lord are going to be upon you. Paul the Apostle is now laying down a few principles. I'm going to read a few verses here real quick and I want to continue because we're going to bring this we're going to bring this to a close. Proverbs 11 and 18, the wicked works a deceitful work but to him that sows righteousness shall, shall be a sure reward. Everybody say reward. Then the word of the Lord tells us in verse 24, there is that scatters, there is that that scatters, and yet increases. There is that withholds more than is meat, but it tends to poverty. Paul, Proverbs is saying, there are those that give out, and you think they'd have less, but it's not less. It increases when you take seed and you cast it out into the field. I've got so little left. Just wait, wait for the harvest wait for the reign of God wait for the son of God wait for the blessings of God and everything that you've cast out everything that you have sown those that sow sparingly reap sparingly if you only throw a few corns in the field you're only going to get a few stalks but if you lay out row after row after row after row where's the result why isn't the blessing coming you gotta wait for the season you gotta wait for the moment you gotta wait for the right time but when the time is right they will come up but blessings will come and they will be yours stay faithful just 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 stay faithful and when the season is right it will happen he doesn't only respond to us financially he blesses our homes our marriages our children oh but I'm having trouble here and trouble there stay faithful to God he is not a man that he can lie he will not let you down he will not fail you I'm telling you he will not fail you you stay faithful to him and he will 
step into your situation. He will come to your dilemma. He will rescue you. And the rescue may not be what you expected it to be. Maybe you thought he was going to fix all of this. Maybe all of that's not fixable. But God stepped in and he rescued you up out of it so that you were not destroyed with it. Why? Because you are faithful. He spared you. And he will spare everything that he can. Proverbs tells us, He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. He tells us, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you shall find it. After many days, wait your season. Jesus said, Given it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give it your bosom? For with the same measure that ye meet with it, shall it be measured to you again. Paul says in Galatians, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption but he that sows to the spirit uh, of the spirit reap everlasting life let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap uh, if we faint not uh, he said in Hebrews for God uh, is not unrighteous to forget your work uh, and your labor of love uh, which you have sowed toward his name uh, and that you have ministered to the saints uh, who do minister God is not going to forget you. He is going to bless you. He is going to care for you. I need to hurry. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, Paul said, let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He said, as you purchase, as you purpose in your heart, think into your heart, think into your soul. Oh, God, get a hold of God and let your heart through the power of the Holy Ghost lead and guide you as you give to the kingdom. He says, don't do it grudgingly. Don't do it like someone's trying to make you. Don't do it of necessity or that you feel like you need to do it or, or you're going to be looked down on or you're not going to be uh, uh, as popular or whatever listen if you give to be popular you're giving wrong if you if you if you if you give because you you, you don't want to be known uh, as a non-giver you're giving wrong listen giving is a giving is about nobody but you and God it is a relationship between you and the Lord Jesus Christ it is your mind with his mind your spirit with his spirit it's his voice speaking it into your spirit. And you've formed this. You've you fashioned this. It goes on to say forth there. First a willing mind. It is acceptable according to that half a man hath. And not according that he hath not. Look what Paul the apostle says here. For if there be first a willing mind. Everybody say my mind. Say give cheerfully. Say give willfully. He said you have, a, you have a mind of forwardness in your mindset. You have predetermined. You have predetermined. I'm going to do this. You have set it in your heart. I am going to be faithful. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted. Look what Paul says. Between you and God, it is accepted according to that 
according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. What Paul the Apostle is saying is that when you set your mind to do what is right in the kingdom of God and you come and you give according to what you have, it is accepted. God will never expect out of you more than what you have. He will never expect out of you more than what you can. There will be times he may move upon you out of sacrifice and that's between you and God and you do something maybe you don't think you can but the blessings are going to be there. I'm talking about everyday faithfulness to the kingdom of God. I'm talking about doing what is right. Every single day that you wake up, every breath that you take, every time you come to the house of God, that's just what I'm talking about. You have made up your mind. I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm going to give my offering. I'm going to give the PIM. Paul the apostle said, you do that according to what you have. Not according to what you don't have, but according to what God has blessed you with and God has given you. If you will respond according to that, God will open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessings upon you that you cannot contain. Not grudgingly, real quick. Exodus 25 and 2 speaks to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that gives willingly. Everybody say willingly. Willingly with his heart to shake uh, uh, with his heart. You shall take my offering. The liberal soul shall be made fat uh, and he that waters shall be watered himself. It's what Proverbs says. And then he says again, he that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed and he that gives of his bread to the poor shall be blessed. I want to bring this to a close. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 8. Oh, he that exhorts an exhortation. He that gives, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules with diligence. And he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. He said, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity. Don't complicate it. Look at what you got. And say, I can, I can give this to the kingdom. I can... I can help the sanctuary offering with this amount. I can, I can take on a $20 a month PIM. I can you know, pay my tithes. and I can give $10 a month to the auditorium fund. I can do those things. And I can say, Paul said, do it with simplicity. And do it from what you have. Now, in our, in our language, what he's saying is don't borrow to give to God. Oh, no man, nothing. You don't borrow to give to God. Because you're mocking him. You have to look at what you have. And say, this is what God has given me. This is my lot. Now, I'm not talking about if you're an alcoholic and you drank half of it on the way home. So don't look at actually what's in your hand. Go look at the gross pay stub. And not, and not the net pay stub. You don't give to God after you give to Uncle Sam. Because if you start, yeah, I know that's weak. I know. You act like, you act like God didn't give you that portion. Well, how about God take that portion away from you and you can't give to Uncle Sam and now you can just go to jail. So in my mind, you paid Uncle Sam. Amen? Amen? Was it with your money? Did Uncle... Boy, y'all are being really quiet right now. 
Y'all are scaring me. Did Uncle Sam pay himself with his own money? Did Uncle Sam say, oh, don't worry about your taxes. I'll pay your taxes with my money. Because we all know he's got it. No, no, no. He takes your money to pay your taxes. Well, where did that money come from? It come from that job that God gave you. What you going to cheat God for? You going to cheat somebody, cheat Uncle Sam. It'll take Uncle Sam years to figure it out. God knows right away. You suffer from God right away. He's not going to bless that. Paul said, you look, at your, you look at your gross paycheck. That's what God gave you. And then you say, you say, tithe. And then, okay, everything else falls under the category of either offering or sacrificial giving. And you look at that. What you got left. And you know what you have to do and what you have to pay and all of these things. And you put all that aside. And you say, I'm out of money. Well, still some. For a moment, from rent. <laughs> Was that you, Lisa? No. Heard somebody say, what? <laughs> some people out there, well, I'm not even going to say that. But So, then you got to say, well, nope. I'm going to give a dollar to missions. I'm going to give a dollar to the sanctuary fund. I'm going to give a, a dollar to uh, a PIM, so you start small because you know you're going to drink a Coke and you're going to eat an unhealthy bag of potato chips. And some of y'all are going to go buy a meat patty and you don't need that either. Look at you. Huh? Yeah. Some of y'all can't pay your tithes, but you got a gym membership. Huh? I know y'all looking at me, getting all upset and everything. You, you, can't, you can't take on a missionary for $20 a month, but you can afford a $150 cable bill. I'm glad y'all love me. Paul said you need to look at what God has given you and set some priorities in your life. And there may be some things that need to go, but it should not be the kingdom of God that suffers because of carnal pleasures. And I am not saying there's anything wrong with you having some of these things. I'm telling you when it stops you from giving to the kingdom of God, it becomes wrong. We need to learn to cut off the fleshly things and give to the spiritual things and then watch the blessings of God come and then maybe you can take on some of that other stuff. However, by that time you might realize you didn't even need it. It's everybody to clap our hands to the Lord. Give God praise. I stopped preaching. I started meddling. I'm almost done. God is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. Paul's talking to the church of Corinth. 
He said, you give out of the abundance of your heart. You have a mindset in your spirit, and you have put this aside, and you are sacrificing, and you are doing for the kingdom of God what God has asked you to do. He said, I want to tell you the results of this. He said, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I don't know about you, but I need grace. Every day I get up, I need grace. And we want God to pour out His grace upon us, but we don't want to do anything for His kingdom. There's some of you, you used to pay tithe and give offering, but you slowly let the devil talk you out of it. And then what you did is you let other things fill that gap. And now you can't see any way that you, should, that you are capable or able to do it. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you, I'm preaching to you, I'm your pastor, and I'm trying to get you to heaven. You need to get back to being faithful to the kingdom of God. You will never win any other way. You will only lose. You will only lose. He said, I will make all grace abound toward you. Abound toward you and your family and your marriage and your children and your grandchildren. And I will watch over you and I will care for you. And he said, not only will I make all grace abound toward you. He said, he said you will always have all sufficiency. Everything that you need, I will make sure it is provided. And I'll do it in all things. And then he goes on to say that it will abound in every good work. God said, I'm just going to hover over you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you when you go through the valley. I'm going to walk with you when you go over the mountaintop. I'm going to rejoice with you when things are tough. I'm going to hold you tight when things are good. I'm going to dance with you and we'll rejoice together. God said, I'm going to be with you and you'll never fail. You'll never falter. I'll never let you go. You'll never beg. I'll always care for you. I'll always be there for you. Just out of all that I've given you, if you'll give a little back to me, God said, I'll do these things for you. Let's stand music if you'll come. The Bible says God's able, able to make all grace bound towards us. Psalms uh, 84 and 11. For the God is a sun and a shield. And the Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he uphold from them that walk uprightly. And the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, I've looked at that, and I thought, what, 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 what does that mean? What, is that, what does that mean? And I'm, I'm going to tell you what it means. You can be wealthy. Listen to pastor. You can be wealthy. You can be wealthy, and you can take your money, and you can do things with it, and it will bring sorrow to your life. It will bring sorrow to your life. You can hold things back from the kingdom of God and use it in, in essence of carnality and certain ways of the flesh, etc. And you can, and it will bring sorrow to your life. But God said, "When I add blessings to you, there'll be no sorrow with it. When I bless you with things, there'll be no sorrow." When I bless you with a car, it's not going to be a lemon. When, when, I, when I bless you with a home, you're not going to wake up three months from now and find out it's totally devoured by termites. Because when I bless you, sorrows don't come with it. Let's come down to the, it's 1230. You're getting out early. Let's make our way down. We're going to pray together as a church. To our guests, you're welcome to come with us. We'd love for you to come. This was a day of teaching to the church. 
Please come back next Sunday. I'll preach to you. We want to come down and make a stand before the Lord as a church. He's watching us. Look what the Lord said in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8. Everybody say this. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Save the Lord of hosts. He owns all this stuff. Don't clog up my aisles. Don't stop in the aisle. I don't know why people stop in aisles. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come up here. I'm, I'm done preaching. You don't have to worry. This is a safe zone. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Said the Lord of hosts. 